Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, August 30th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, as I mentioned last week, today is my mother's birthday. However, we are all kind of in lockdown-ish today because there's a hurricane coming. I'm recording, obviously, on Tuesday night. But they've already closed schools. They're closing businesses on Wednesday. We'll see how bad it actually gets. But Hurricane Adelia is headed towards Florida. So whether you're in the state of Florida or potentially in the path of the hurricane when it heads up the East Coast later on in the week. Uh, Please stay safe and make sure that you're taking care of yourself. If you have time, go out and get all the supplies you need now before the storm gets too close for you and there might be potential dangers in leaving your home. Make sure you're all stocked up with non-perishable foods, batteries, flashlights, stuff like that to make sure that if you do lose power, you can still be safe. I am doing that as soon as we're done recording here to go out and get a little bit more food. So uh, I hope everybody stays safe. Also tonight, uh, Tuesday night, James and I are talking to discuss the finalizing of all of our uh, Patreon stuff. So you will hear that later in the week and we plan to launch it after Labor Day. So pay attention to this. If you want to hear more, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. All right, Grace, lots of like little nuggets of news, nothing major, but there are a lot of things to discuss today. The first comes out of Washington, D.C. in the Kennedy Center, Broadway Center stage schedule. They have started to shift some dates around due to scheduling changes. So the season will open up now with Tick, Tick, Boom. That'll play January 26th through February 4th. And we learned yesterday that it will be directed by Tony winner Neil Patrick Harris, who has a long history of Jonathan Larson projects, having played Mark in Rent around the country. I think the first one might have been in the San Francisco sit-down production or maybe Los Angeles. So long time working with Jonathan, Jonathan Larson stuff. So this should be very cool. The next production will be Bye Bye Birdie, which will actually run from June 6th through the 6th. 16th of 2024, and then nine will run August 2nd through August 11th. Kennedy Center members can get tickets as of now, and they will go on sale to the public beginning on Thursday, August 31st. Uh, So check that out if you want to see any of these shows in Washington, D.C. Now, Grace, something that it's not a huge deal. I don't think it really impacts anything. But yesterday we did find out when the opening night for Merrily We Roll Along will be on Broadway. They just kind of given us here's the first preview date. And it'll open at some point. They officially confirmed yesterday that at the Hudson Theater, Merrily We Roll Along will open on October 10th at the Hudson Theater. After beginning performances on September 19th, it is currently scheduled to run through January 21st. We'll obviously be super interested, Grace, to see if this one extends. I don't feel like this is one that's going to keep doing like the multi-extensions with different casts like Into the Woods did, just because those are very different productions of very different shows. But I am interested to see if this extends at all with these three lead cast members, especially Radcliffe and Groff. Like, I wonder what their shooting schedules will be getting into 2024, especially when we don't really know what's going on with strikes. And maybe we will have an opportunity to see this go later into the spring. I know, right? I still need to see it. I can't wait. Can't wait. You're going to need to. Um, speaking of things um, that we don't really know what when we're going to see, uh, apparently Leah Michelle is going to be out of Funny Girl on Tuesday night. So if you're listening to this on Patreon tonight, if you're listening to it in the regular feed last night, the production just said that she is under the weather. So it doesn't sound necessarily like they're expecting her to be out for the rest of the week. But who knows with these things, it could be a tickle in the throat on a Tuesday and then it turns into a positive test for COVID on Wednesday. We, of course, 
don't want that to happen, especially because this is the final week for Funny Girl on Broadway. And it would be really sad for Leah and all the people who wanted to see her if she wasn't able to continue with the show uh, through its closing. However, those folks that are going to see it without Leah in on Tuesday night and potentially further days, they are going to be treated to the wonderful Julie Benko stepping in for Fanny uh, during those shows. So watch this space, see what happens uh, with Leah's health, and hopefully she can get back into the show later this week. All right, Grace, let's talk about last week's Broadway grosses. And, And you might have seen this already, so if that is the case, no cheating, just tell us. But... What do you think was the highest grossing show on Broadway last week? Oh, goodness. The highest grossing? Yes. By a lot. By almost $600,000. I mean, was it Elmago Pop? It was Elmago Pop. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing. It did 13 performances. So it's a little unfair to compare it. We've uh, all done 13 performances (laughs) on Broadway. Yes, in in one week. Uh, But it did do... Uh, 13 performances and it grossed $2,717,000 even when you combine that with what it did during its first week of six performances over 10 days. Again, not a normal standard eight show week, but over 10 days, it did $3.34 million. Uh, Obviously, Grace, we've talked about how this show has kind of excited a an audience that doesn't normally come to Broadway. And I just have to wonder, looking at numbers like this, if this thing is going to pop up again on Broadway pop, multiple times. Yeah, up. no pun intended. Um, if we're going to see it again on Broadway, I mean, there's been a number of illusion shows on Broadway over the years, so it is not unusual to have a magic act like this on Broadway, but certainly one that appeals to a Spanish-speaking audience is is certainly different, but very exciting to see the reception that this one got in its all-too-limited run on Broadway. Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting. I'm I'm curious from, like a like, the house perspective of, like, is this, you know, financially uh, beneficial to do short runs for not longstanding Broadway shows, but like for, you know, your your random like Weezers or whoever, like, and again, that never even happened. But, you R. know, I, I'm just curious, like if we can get Dave Matthews band over at the Walter Carr for 14 performances or something, you know, like, what am I, what do I have to do to get Dave back? But I, yeah, I'm just curious, like if this is something that um, we're all learning from as a community to get these international superstars in and like it worked. Do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. granted, Incredible Broadway teams were a part of this as well. It wasn't just, you know, the, the team behind Amago Pop um, overseas. But I think that it's uh, I, I just I just wonder what the possibilities are. You know, if we could get like, you know, could we bring the the spirited away live show for three weeks or something like that? I'm just curious um, on an international scale. Is this how we continue to feed the Broadway community? These one offs help sustain the rest of what's on the street, because if people are coming in and then they're seeing this one show, but they're staying for four days, they might have an opportunity to do a walk-up opportunity. Or like if somebody's papering, I'm not papering, sorry, if they're flyering outside of El Mago Pop for another show, if that might bring in an international audience to another play or musical or something. So I'm just, I'm hopeful. Yeah. I, you know, I think a lot of the people who are coming to see El Mago Pop might be susceptible to the charms of the, uh, the hot cha-cha girls or something uh, in those red tights. You never know. That could definitely be the case. But overall on Broadway, they went down one show because just for us, uh, Alex Edelman's show closed the previous week. So there are only 25 shows on Broadway. But thanks to El Mago Pop's great run, they actually ended up grossing 5% more than the previous week to come in at $27,215,118. Attendance was... 
just about a thousand uh, more than it was the previous week to come in at two hundred fourteen thousand three hundred thirty-two dollars. The average ticket price was one hundred twenty-six bucks and ninety-eight cents. As I mentioned, Omago Pop led the way at two point seven two million dollars. It was actually followed by Funny Girl in the number two spot in its penultimate week on Broadway, other than a nine show week around the holidays. This was actually the largest grossing week ever in the history of the August Wilson theater. Again, I always want to caveat those that these types of things, because they're not adding seats. More people aren't coming. It's just, they're raising the prices, but for a show that has run now for what been a year and a half, almost two years to still be doing this well as it starts to end its Broadway run is a is a very good thing. The rest of the shows in descending order that are north of one million dollars are The Lion King at one point nine nine million, Hamilton at one point eight three, Wicked at one point five, then MJ, Sweeney Todd, just in seven performances, and with people being out and stuff. Aladdin, Back to the Future, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, Goodnight Oscar in its final week doing $1.15 million on seven performances. Very good showing there. Then you had Moulin Rouge and Anne Juliet. The only show to bring in an audience uh, over its capacity last week was Hamilton. Other than El Mago Pop and Funny Girl, because those are obviously different situations um, with El Mago Pop closing up and Funny Girl getting ready to close up, Goodnight Oscar had the biggest jump uh, again in its final week, so that makes sense. But then after that, was Kimberly Akimbo. So that's nice to see that it gained uh, $43,421 to come in at $589,000. Nice to see that even though it is not necessarily tourist season anymore and the awards conversation has faded a little bit, Grace, that this show is still having an opportunity to find new people and bring new people in, even if it's not necessarily Back to the Future or Sweeney Todd or something like that, where it has a big name thing behind it. Yeah, I mean, I know that all of these houses have you know, they vacillate in size so much. So I think that when we're watching capacities, it, it 5% means different things to different houses. <laughs> um, so I think that that's one thing to, to notice here. But um, yeah, I mean, we're at the end of August and I'm just excited about September openings. Um, you've got Pearly Victorious coming in in like two weeks um, over at the Music Box. And so there's there's just a lot happening on the street. And I'm, I'm curious how these big, big, big musicals are going to fare throughout the fall season. Yeah, we've got, I think, five shows coming in September. We've got Melissa Etheridge, My Window at Circle in the Square starting performances on September 14th. We've got Merrily We Roll Along at the Hudson starting on September 19th. Gutenberg, the musical at the James Earl Jones on September 15th. You mentioned Pearly Victorious at the Music Box on the 17th. And Yaya's African Hair Braiding at the Freedman on the 12th. So lots of cool stuff getting ready to begin performances in the coming weeks. Unfortunately, Grace, we did have some sad news to come out on Tuesday. The Tony-nominated and twice Pulitzer Prize finalist playwright Tina Howe passed away at the age of 85, as it was confirmed by her longtime agent. She was Tony-nominated for the play Coastal Disturbances and received Pulitzer Prize finalist status for both Pride's Crossing and Painting Churches. She is also an inductee into the Theater Hall of Fame. Uh, interestingly enough, her grandfather was Mark Anthony DeWolf Howe, who was a a writer primarily of nonfiction. He won the Pulitzer Prize for biography in 1925. So I saw a lot of people who knew Tina talk about what a lovely woman that she was and and, and fun and had a great wit uh, on social media after her passing was announced. So our thoughts are with everybody who knew and loved her either personally or professionally. 
All right, let's run through some show and casting stuff. I'm going to go through the exciting fall lineup at 59 East 59th, and it begins with a show presented by the civilians called Artificial Flavors, which is directed and conceived by Civilians Artistic Director Steve Cosson. It is called Artificial Flavors. It begins performances on October 22nd and is currently scheduled to run through November 19th. Um, I'm going to read the plot description. It gets a little iffy here. In a novel collaboration between humans and AI, Artificial Flavors turns the hot topic of artificial intelligence into a theater experience like nothing else. Grace, the robot overlords make me nervous, so I'm not sure how I feel about them coming into an off-Broadway theater. makes me a little nervous, but it is what it is, so I guess we will have to see what that's all about, especially because it's the civilians, and they are pretty much always fantastic, so I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, but it does make me a little nervous there. The rest of the season, FD90's 59th, includes the new play Pair that'll begin performances on November 3rd and run through November 18th. And then we'll have Hershey Felder play Chopin in a new play called Monsieur Chopin, a play with music directed by Joel Zwick. That'll begin performances on November 16th through December 24th. There'll also be a number of other shows. If you want to check them out in the show notes, you can run through all of that. All right, Grace, we also have some information about one of the things that you mentioned yesterday when we were talking about the fact that Zachary Noah Pizer had withdrawn from the Tiananmen musical out in Phoenix, you mentioned the fact that he was on tour in China. Well, the Nederlander Worldwide Entertainment Company announced that tour after it had already been going on and had its first first stop, but it is a five-city concert tour across China called Next Stop Broadway. It will feature not only Zachary Noah Pizer, but also Jen Colella, Carrie Renee Fuller, and Joseph Morales. The full tour will run through September 10th uh, across a number of cities throughout the country of China. So, Because we mentioned that yesterday, I thought that it was important that we gave a little bit more details because, like I said, I hadn't heard that. I hadn't seen that since I wasn't following him on social media. But Niederlander did go ahead and make uh, some of those details public. And uh, again, interesting timing on the Tiananmen announcement and makes a little more sense, uh, at at least put some color on the changes going on from Zachary. All right, Grace, I have two very, very different recommendations here. Both of them coming from London. Do you want the normal one or the crazy one first? Oh, my God. The normal one. Okay. The normal one is that Tony Award winner Matt Doyle and Broadway alum uh, Anavia Fagne, as well as Phoebe Pinaretos, did some photo shoots and stuff for the upcoming Sinatra, the musical world premiere over at Birmingham Rep in the UK. Uh, Very cool to see them uh, kind of taking on these characters of Doyle as Frank Sinatra, Anavia Fagne as Ava Gardner, and Phoebe Pinaretos as Nancy Sinatra, the mother. It always gets confusing. Frank was married to Nancy Sinatra. Their daughter was Nancy Sinatra. The daughter is the one that's saying boots were made for walking, not the wife. Very confusing. Um, But they did that. They all talked about the show. Very exciting. Kathleen Marshall, who is directing and choreographing, also discussed it. The book is by Tony winner Joe DiPietro. He's also in here uh, discussing it. So very, very cool. Always fun to see these kind of behind the scenes things. But this was the normal one, Grace. Did you see any of this stuff? Any thoughts on um, maybe these these people stepping into these characters and these these personas that we all know so well? No, um, and that's nothing like against anybody. I'm just really curious. Like I, I've only seen Matt Doyle in a few shows, and he's quite versatile. Um, I just never pictured him in this type of like croony kind of yeah. like role. But I mean, there's nothing you can't do. 
I guess. So I think it's interesting. Yeah, I think it's interesting because Matt has always played young. Um, I mean, he's been on Broadway for a long time. He did, he did Book of Mormon for a long time. You think of like um, for in Spring Deadland, Awakening. Spring Awakening. Like he's played a teenager or college kid for a long, long time. He is now in his 30s. He's, you know, a grown adult. Um, so it is interesting to kind of see him transition from all of that, then go to company where he was an adult, but a young, you know, you could imagine he was a younger adult. Then really age wasn't a, ma- a big deal. But to go on to play, play Frank Sinatra is certainly something different for him in his career. All right, here's the weird one. So whatever your thoughts on Frank Wildhorn are, uh, and I have a lot of them because I like I always talk about my first trip to New York. I saw two Frank Wildhorn shows on my first trip to New York, Jekyll and Hyde and Scarlet Pimpernel. Um, but his new show, which is called Death Note, the musical, is based on a Japanese manga hit, which is like essentially it's like a graphic novel, um, slightly different. There are differences between manga and graphic novels, but they're essentially the same thing. But um, this is a show that he wrote the music for. There are English language lyrics by Jack Murphy uh, and a book by Ivan Menchel. It had a two night concert premiere at the London Palladium last week on the 21st and 22nd. And we have highlights of this. So Adam Pascal did this, um, was part of this concert. He was going to be with it when the show transferred to the Lyric Theater in the West End. He is not able to do that because of a scheduling conflict. But the costumes in this, Grace, are insane. I mean, they're not puppet level uh, insane, but like they are what you would expect from a Japanese manga come to life. It's really kind of fascinating. And a lot of people outside of the United States love Frank Wildhorn music. Um, the the American audiences haven't always taken to him, but this is fascinating. I will certainly be watching to see what happens with this one as it moves forward. All right, Grace, any other recommendations or anything from you to uh, to wrap up this show? No, there's so much happening. There's so much off Broadway. I have a couple of I, I have a couple of upcoming shows to see at the Soho Playhouse. One is Job, which we've talked about. If you haven't listened to my conversation with um, the playwright, you have to go to um, our Patreon feed for that. Um, There's lots of good stuff there. I'm excited to see Job. I'm also going to see Caitlin Cook's The Writing on the Stall. This is a a comedian, a storyteller. Um, I'm really excited to see her show, mainly because she's going to also have a lot of like guest openers as well, like besides... Her own writing, there's going to be some surprising, um, familiar comedic faces. So if you are into solo shows and comedic solo shows like this, like we were talking about the other day, go see The Writing on the Stall. I can't wait to see it by Caitlin Cook at Soho Playhouse. All right, everybody. Uh, Just in case anything happens with me with Hurricane Adelia, um, if I'm not here, I apologize. I'm sure we will figure something out, but I, I don't anticipate there being any issues with me working over the next few days. But if there is, uh, I apologize. I'm sure Grace and James and or somebody else will figure that out <laughs> and I'll communicate with them as much as humanly possible as long as I am able to do so. But if you are going to be in the path of the hurricane, I do hope that you will stay safe and uh, are able to hunker down with loved ones or by yourself as I'm going to do and, uh, and ride out the storm wherever you are. All right, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can follow me pretty much anywhere at BWW. Matt Grace, where can people find you? You can find me on all forms of social media at It's Grace Hockey. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful hump day, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>